Shalom everybody, today we're learning Shaftim Parak Tetz. In today's Parak, we're going to learn that unfortunately after Gideon dies, Klaeso reverted back to the cycle of doing Averis. And then Avimelech, the son of Gideon, takes over. Avimelech, unlike his father, is not going to be a very good Shaft, it's not going to be a good king. He, we're going to see throughout the Parak, he kills out his father's family, kills out all of his brothers, so he can be the, so he can be the Shaft, he can be the ruler. And then we're going to see as we go through the Parak, different tragedies going to happen, and finally at the end of the Parak, Avimelech is going to die because of the Averis that he has done. So let's see Parak Tess. Pasuk Alf, Vayelech Avimelech, Ben Yerubal, Shechem Elachay, Imai Vidabra, Leim, Lakamish Bachis, Pes Avi, Imai Lamer. So Avimelech, one of the sons of Yerubal, one of the sons of Gidain, turns, he goes to Shechem, and he turns to the people and he says like this, Dabra Nabaz, Nikol Bali Shechem, and he tells them, You should repeat over to the people in Shechem, Matav Lechem, Hamshobachem Shim, Ish, Kobane Yerubal, Imshobachem Ish, Achir, Zachartim, Kiatzachem, Ubazachemani. So Avimelech tells them, would you rather that 70 people rule over you, meaning Gideon had 70 children, so would you rather that all the children of Gideon rule over you? Or would you rather that me, Abimelech, just one person, I should rule over you? It's interesting that Yaakov and Moses actually points out that this Abimelech was a Gilgal of the original Abimelech, and it makes a few parallels throughout this parak. So the people of Shechem responded, yes, absolutely, we'd rather just have you, Abimelech, and not be ruled over by all of the other children. So they donated, they gave him money, people of Shechem gave him money, and he hired people to come along with him, Avimelech hired people to come with him, Avimelech hired people to come unfortunately he comes back to his father's house, so Frasa, Avimelech returns to his father's house, and he kills all of his brothers, all 70 brothers, however, one son, one of his brothers, one of Gidon's brother, one of Gidon's sons, Yesam survives, and he runs away. The Radak over here points out that the Sukkim at the end of the last parak described that Gideon had 70 children. If you want to include the son of the Pelegish, he had 71 children. So if you take out Avimelech at 70, if you take out Ye- and you take out Yesam, ran away at 69. So what does it mean that Avimelech killed out all 70 brothers? Lachari he killed out only 69 brothers. So the Radak over explains that sometimes the Sukkim will round up. Sometimes the Pasuk will round up to just a, a nice round number. And that's really what the Pasuk says. 70 really means in Echlam is 69. Like we find the Pasuk says Malchus is 40 and relates to 39. That's what our doc learns over here. Pasuk love. So they appoint Avimelech as their king. And the Mepharshim point out, the Abarbanel points out, and Zakdam over here, the beginning of the parak, as well as Yaakov Elias points out that although they appointed him as a king, he was not officially the first king in Klyasrael. Like we're going to see Shalomelech was the first king in Klyasrael. There's a discussion that could be in order to be a king. You need to be Nimshach, Bisham, and Mishcha. So you definitely didn't have the Alachas of Avimelech. However, the people in Shechem wanted to be their king, so that's what the Pasuk here describes, that they appointed him as a king, but in Achanami Avada, he was not the first king. Klaisal, he did not really have the status of Melech. So now they reported this over to Yesam, that Melech is now officially the king, and and he went up to Harakrizim, and he said, he turns and he says, everybody in Shechem, listen to me, listen to me, Hashem. He gives a mushal that a bunch of trees went to, we're going to see, went to a few different trees, and the, the trees asked the other tree to be a malach over them. So first the trees went to the Zayis, went to the Av tree, and said, can you please be a malach over us? You're saying I should give up all my goodness so I can rule over the other trees? No, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be a mushal. Over the other trees, by Yom Roitz and they go to the fig tree. You should rule over us with Herman Matena. Get up the sweet, the good that I have. Allah and I should now rule over other trees. Again, the tree refused. By Yom Roitz and the Geffen. Now they went to the grapevine. Can you please rule over us? Again, I'm not going to give up. 
the brachas that Hashem gave me to rule over the other trees. Now, if Rashi explained, different shatim exactly what this mashal is referring to, Rashi over explains that these different trees are referring to different ones of the shayftim, that the Zayitz is referring to Asnil ben Kenaz, the Te'in is referring to Devera, the Gefen is referring to Gidain, and the point was that all the other shayftim did not agree to become the mouth, did not agree to become the king, like Gidon said at the end of the last parak, that only HaKadosh Baruch was going to rule over Klai Yisrael. However, you have a mouth, which is going to be the last step in this mashal over here, you are going to rule over them, that's a terrible thing. So now all the trees come to the thorn bush, to the thorn tree, Lech, and then they tell the thorn bush, you rule over us. So the thorn bush tells all the trees, if really you are honestly appointing me as a king, then come, come in my shade and I'll rule over you. However, if not, then a fire should go out for me and I'm going to destroy all the other trees. So that, the point was that this Ate, this Thornbush is the reference of Malach. Like, of course, he's such a terrible person to have as your king. If you truthfully appoint Avi Malach because you feel you felt it was the best thing, and you did the appropriate thing to Yubal, meaning he was referring to the fact that how could you appoint Avi Malach as a king? He destroyed, he killed out the entire family of Gidain, and you, you owe him so much And so says Yasim, if you, if you really feel that you did the appropriate thing, you had the proper Akarasa to Gidain, then, then Gavali. My father fought for you. He's just describing what Gideon did for them. My father fought for you. He put his life on the line in order to save you, to save you, to save However, you did not exactly pay properly. You killed Shivmish al Avanachas. You killed all of the 70 sons of Gideon. You appointed him because he's related to you, and you appointed him as your king. So he says, if you appointed him and you feel that it was appropriate, then you should be happy with Avimelech, and Avimelech should be happy with you. But if not, but however, if you got, if you not do the right thing, then Avimelech is going to end up fighting with you guys in Shechem, he's going to end up destroying you. And then the other way around is going to happen as well, that Shechem is going to end up killing, destroying Avimelech, which is what we're going to see, that's going to be the punishment over here in this park. Then in the end, the people in Shechem are going to die, and Avimelech is going to die as well. Now Yosem runs away because he just reported negatively against Avimelech, so he runs away. He's afraid of Avimelech's brother. Avimelech ruled over Klaus over three years, so there's a three year period that Avimelech was the ruler over here, but then after three years it turns sour, and finally the curse of Yosem is going to be fulfilled. made it. That there were negative feelings between the people in Shechem and Avimach, Avimach. So the people in Shechem rebelled against Avimach. They realized that what a terrible thing that Avimach did, that he killed out all the children of Gideon, he killed out all of his brothers. What a terrible thing. He said, How can we have such a bad king? So the people in Shechem would set an ambush, would set traps outside of the mountains of Shechem, and they would capture everything that came in. And this is reported over to Avimelech. This person, Gal, who was seemingly this lowly person, comes along in Shechem, and he tells them that I'm going to fight with you, I'm going to fight against Avimelech. And the people in Shechem believed in him, so now, like the Mepharshim explained, that they used to be afraid to go out with this new person, Gal, who came along, they were confident in him, so they went out. They went back to Avimelech, because this gal came and he gave confidence to them, so there, there they went back to cursing Avimelech. They ended up rebelling against Avimelech. Why should we listen to Avimelech? Who? Why do we have to listen to him? Who is one of the one of the workers for Avimelech? 
if do it's on Shechamar, Avi Shechem, Madu, and Avdan, and Achu. Why should we serve Avimelech? We should serve the people in Shechem. That's really, we should serve Chamar, the father of Shechem. We shouldn't serve Avimelech. Why are we subserving ourselves to this king? So Gal says, Who's going to come along with me? Give me a nation. I'm going to fight against Avimelech. And he said to Avimelech, Come out with an army, and I'll fight against you. So the officer of the city who was on the side of Avimelech, he's one of the officers in charge of Avimelech, he hears what Gal said and he gets very angry. So now, the Zvol, who was one of the officers of Avimelech, the officer in Shechem, sends a report to Avimelech that the people in Shechem are, are coming to rebel. This person, Gal, is, is bringing an army to fight against Avimelech. So Zvol tells Avimelech, you come bring an army along, and we'll trap them in the field. So he tells Avimelech, bring an army, bring bring the troops, and then when you meet up with Gal, fight against him and destroy him. So they got up at night, and they, they appointed four different camps, four different battalions of soldiers to fight against. So Gal went out to the entrance of the city. Now Abimelech and the, and the troops with him, they come out of hiding. So Gal says, I see people in the distance. I see it looks like there's an army coming. Zol responds, don't worry, you just see the shadows of the mountains, meaning even though the, the Avimelech and his battalion of army and his army was coming, he told Gal not to worry, don't worry, there's nothing, nothing in the distance. And then Gal turns around and he sees that another army is coming from the other side. And Hasbold turned to Gal and he says, Yeah, where exactly was your mouth? That you were the one who was, you were the one who was so confident and said, Who exactly is Avimelech? Why should you be scared of him? Now, why should you be scared of him? Now you're so scared, he's coming from one side, he's coming from the other side. Now go fight against him. But you're really so confident. You're really so sure that you don't have to be concerned about Avimelech. Go out and put your money where your mouth is and go fight against Avimelech. So Galtak goes out in front of the people of Shechem and he fights with Avimelech. Avimelech chases after them and many people died, many people fell before the entry of the gate. So now Avimelech sells in Aruma and Zul kicks out Galtak and Zul from Shechem. And the next morning, if the nation went out to the field, they report this out to Avimelech. So Avimelech takes the nation, he divides up in three camps. So he points people to hide on the field. So people are leaving the city. Avimelech gets up and he strikes them down as well. And now the other battalions go out to the field. They fight against people in the field as well. Avimelech fought in the city the entire day. He killed everybody in the city there. So Avimelech completely destroys the city of Shechem and he plows it with salt. So all the people in the tower of Shechem heard of Avimelech. So now they go to Beisel, they run away to this place. So Avimelech heard that all the people in Avimelech gathered together. So Avimelech gathers the nation with him. He takes an axe with him. So now Avimelech cuts down some trees, puts it on his shoulder. So Avimelech tells everybody with him, come follow and do exactly what I do. So they were all, all these people were trapped inside of this big tower, this big building, and Avimelech brought a bunch of wood, lit it on fire, and now everybody in this building went up in fire, went up in flames, and they were killed. Goes to Tevitz, his other city. He camps there and he captures the city. There's a large tower in Mola. 
Hamigdal. So now everybody in the city runs to this large tower and they lock themselves in. So Abimel comes, comes to the tower, ready to fight. Again, he wants to do the same thing which he did to the other people. He wants to burn them in fire. But however, his plans get stopped in their tracks. A woman who was on top of the tower, she throws down a piece of mortar, a piece of this machine, throws it on top of the head of Avimelech, and it hits his skull, it pierces his skull. Avimelech recognizes that he's about to die, and he calls immediately to one of the people around him, one of the people carrying his weapons. Even in his last moments while he was alive, he was still worried about his covet, he was still worried about his honor, and therefore he didn't want people to think that he was killed by a woman, so he tells the person next to him to take out a sword and kill him, that's what happened, he now ends up killing him. And they return to that place. The Pasuk says, paid back Abimelech, killed out all of his brothers, Kadesh Baruch killed him, as always. Also, Hakadosh Baruch paid back the people in Shechem because of the fact that they support Abimelech. And the klola of Yosem and Yerubal, the klola that Yosem said that Abimelech is going to be killed and the people in Shechem are going to be destroyed as well, was finally fulfilled. Which Yaakov Amalei over here goes on a long discussion to describe that the same idea that we saw in the last part, the midav akarasatayv that Yosem was telling them that you owe so much to my father. My father put his life on the line after you. He was your general. He was your leader. And he fought, and he, get, he was willing to be mighty and his life for you, and you did not pay him back. Instead, you let, you let Avimelech kill out all of his sons. That is why, unfortunately, such terrible tragedies happen, all because of the lack of Hakar Just going back to the beginning of the parak over here, the parak started off that Avimelech, the son of Yerubal, now is becoming the leader. So the Mepharshim point out, the Akmam points out that the reason why we're, we're describing as Yerubal and not describing that he was the son of Gidon is because he was totally different than his father. He was nothing like Gidon. He gives a bunch of differences that Gidon was not looking for covet. Gidon was running away from the position. On, on, the, on the contrary, and Avimelech was running towards the covet. Avimelech was constantly looking to see how he can get more covet, get more honor. Because then Avimelech was in it for himself. Yerubal was in it for the people. Uh, Gidon was in it for the people. So again, that's why the second don't want to describe Avimelech as the son of Gidon because he totally did not have the same char- characteristics as his father. Moving along to the middle of the parak, the Pasuk in Pasuk Dal describes that Avimelech hires these Ishreikim these empty people, Upaychazim. So what's the Lashon of Paychazim? So Rashi explains that the Lashon of Paychazim, that they were quick in their actions, that they acted very quickly without thought. So Rashi is telling us a very important insight, and it was these people, these empty people, these people who acted very quickly who came along with Avimelech to kill all of the sons of Gidon. So Rashi is telling us a very important insight that the reason why these people were willing and able to do such a terrible thing is because they just acted very quickly. They acted without thinking. And this, the Vilna Gain is Marek and Mishlein, if he replaces, as well as Revolve and the Ali Shur, describes very important, this is a very important insight in life that our job in this world is to be proactive people and not to be reactive people. A reactive person, when something happens, immediately he just responds right away without thinking, he acts very quickly. And that is somebody who's not working on his midas, that's not, somebody who's not willing to use his seichel to overcome his midas rights. On the contrary, somebody who's a Baal Musr, somebody who's a Baal Midas, is somebody who thinks through, that's how the Yvonne Lagoyne describes, that a tzaddik, a yasher, is somebody who uses his seichel, uses his intellect to rule over his taivas, to rule over his bad midas, and uses his thought to make sure that he's acting in the appropriate manner. So again, just something important, not to, be a, not to be somebody who just acts very quickly without thought. That's what the Pasuk's telling us over here. There's another point that Radakavir makes that Poyachazim he defines as people who are, unfortunately, were out of work, didn't have anything to do, and that's why the Radak explains that's what they're doing. They were willing to do such a terrible thing, which is very much in congruence with what Chazal tells us, the Mishnah Ksubah tells us, that a person is not working, unfortunately, it can lead to a person doing terrible things.
One more quick insight. The Pasuk and Pasuk Gimel describes it now in the Mashal, in the parable that the trees come to the vine, they come to the grapevine, and they say, can you rule over us? And it responds, how can I give up something which makes a Kaddish Baruch happy, makes people happy as well. So the Radak over here explains that well, this is referring to, the Gemara tells us, the Gemara in Yuma and other places, tells us, the, the Gemara's Lashon is, sorry, the Gemara's Lashon is, that chamra, that wine, can make people smarter. And the Radak explains that that a person who's a tamal chacham, a person who's a tzaddik, when he drinks wine, it doesn't affect him negatively. On the contrary, it affects him positively. It allows him to expand his seich. It allows him to think a little bit clearer. And that is what the Gemara tells us: that chamra pichan, that chamra wine, can allow a person to become smarter. So Radak is telling us something to, important to remember: that although there's many mamer chazal which describe the negative influence, the negative impact of wine, or the negative influence of alcohol. However, we do have positive memories, we have positive gemaras which describe that wine could technically, and alcohol could technically have a positive effect on the person. It just depends, like the Vilgain described, it just depends on the person. If a person's a good type of person, a person's a tzaddik, a person's a tamil chacham, like the Gemara tells us, depending on the person, is how the alcohol is going to influence you. So just something to keep in mind, and not to define wine, not to define alcohol is necessarily a bad thing. It really just depends on how it's used. There's an interesting rain of Hanan on Bay, actually, where the Gemara is describing that Kleisrael uh, on Shabbos gets a Nisham Yisera. So Rabbi Hanan over there describes that the reason why we need an extra Nishama on Shabbos, he's assuming that it refers to some sort of physical idea. So the Rabbi Hanan over there explains because on Shabbos he admits it to eat and drink wine and, and to drink wine. And he explains in order for a person to drink wine, he needs more Kayach. So that's what the Rabbi Hanan says. We get a Nisham Yisera in Shabbos to give us that Kayach to eat and drink wine, which takes up to an extra strength. So again, we see the idea that Yain could technically have a positive role in Yiddishkeit, but just has to be used appropriately. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.